Welcome to a special bonus episode of Windsor's Inside Pulse. Today we continue our series interviewing Ward 7 by-election candidates. My name is Daniel Abliser and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Ward 7 by-election candidate Farah Al-Hajj for a brief interview about her campaign. Farah, thank you for joining us today on Windsor's Inside Pulse. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. Well, let's dig right in. So uh, can you please tell us a bit about yourself and your background? Who is Farah El-Hajj? Absolutely. Um, so my name is Farah El-Hajj. I was born and raised in Windsor. Um, my parents came as refugees 30 years ago and have called Windsor their home ever since. Um, I attended inner city schools my whole life. I attended Dougal Public School and Kennedy High School and later moving on to the University of Windsor from 2012 to 2016 to earn my degree and political science with a law and politics specialization. During my time at the University of Windsor, I was successfully elected four times to government, different government, student government positions um, and joining other boards and organizations on campus, like helping create uh, Project Syria, which aimed to help newcomers integrate into Windsor. We raised about $25,000 in a little bit under a year. Um, and those funds were put towards helping our new Canadians um, later, once I graduated, I was offered a job at Windsor Family Credit Union, um, the Little River and Lozon branch, which services residents of Ward 7. Um, and I worked as a personal banker for a number of years, um, helping Ward 7 residents and businesses, especially during, um, you know, some of the horrific incidents that happened with the flooding in 2016 and 17. Um, I remember folks coming in, well, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit um, in this interview, but I remember people coming in just distraught. They've lost their, their belongings. They uh, need to take money out of savings accounts or talk to us about personal loans because they no one's ever really prepared to flood. Um, so I did work one-on-one -on -one with a lot of Ward 7 residents and businesses during that time. Um, and it's just such a beautiful community that we have in our East End. And I, I'd be, you know, it's my privilege and honor to serve them, hopefully come October 5th. Um, I currently work for both Brian Massey, Member of Parliament for Windsor West, and Lisa Gretzky, Member of Provincial Parliament for Windsor West assisting thousands of residents on a weekly basis, resolve everyday issues, um, like issues with Canada Revenue Agency, immigration services, veterans affairs, the border, unemployment, ODSP, and many other federal and provincial programs. I've had the privilege and honor of being elected by the student body, successfully representing about 12,000 students four years in a row. Um, and I have the skills and knowledge on consulting and implementing and creating public policy. Um, most famously, I'm known for championing, championing the sexual assault policy at the University of Windsor in 2016. This is the first ever standalone sexual assault policy the University of Windsor has ever seen. Many other universities across the country followed suit, which was awesome. Um, and in 2015, I was invited to meet with then Premier Kathleen Wynne one-on-one in Queens Park to discuss with her um, some of the sexual violence cases that we have at the University of Windsor and what my vision is to protect students, faculty, and staff. And from that meeting, uh, she met with other student leaders across the province as well, but she created the It's Never Okay campaign highlighting sexual assault in the workplace, on campuses, and such. So that was directly from the work that we did at the University of Windsor, fighting and advocating for students, um, faculty, and staff in their safety. It would be my honor and my privilege to serve and work for the residents and businesses in Ward 7. 
I believe my expertise in public policy and my passion of helping and working with others will be both an asset to Ward 7 and the City of Windsor. So I think that that probably covers off a lot of my next question, but I'll but I'll ask you then directly. So how did you get to the decision to run for City Council? Why are you running for City Council? What do you think you bring to the table uh, if elected? Absolutely. Thank you. That's a great question. Um, you know, my experiences working with Ward 7 residents and seeing the issues that they face, whether it's a new family coming in to open up, for example, a savings account for a newborn, or if it's our elderly residents that are looking at, you know, what's left um, in their lives and what they can do with their, their money management and things like that. Um, I grew really close to a lot of Ward 7 residents and businesses and a lot of them are friends now and, and family and we stay in touch even though I've moved on from the credit union. Um, I'm experienced, I'm passionate, I'm dedicated to making the lives of others better. I've done this throughout my whole adult life. Um, you know, in my current roles, I've helped build really strong relationships with people and different organizations in the city. You know, whether it's working with environmental groups to help create a national urban park here in our own backyard, or if it's working with a number of local businesses, small businesses specifically, to lower merchant fees on credit cards and seeing how our local businesses have been struggling, especially during um, this pandemic and, and working closely to see what are the needs of our community, helping organize fundraising events to help organizations like the House of Software Scene and the Goodfellows, or helping rally the community to put children through baseball with Windsor West Little Leagues. All of these experiences that I've had um, will be huge assets to Ward 7 and the City of Windsor. I'm, I'm very passionate uh, and I'm ready to start as early as October 6th. Um, and I hope I'm given that opportunity and that chance to do that. And I believe, you know, and, and I'm, this is a point I would do want to get into later on, but Ward 7 residents have been without representation for about 11 months. And it's important for Ward 7 residents to elect the, the person, the candidate, who knows what they're doing, who knows what it's going to take on day one. And there's no more time to be wasted. There's no more time to, you know, um, learn all these things if this is not the background that you're from. Um, I think it's very, very important that Ward 7 residents elect someone that's experienced, that's passionate, and that's driven. And that's what she'll get with me. Yeah, it sounds like from, uh, I guess from you have experienced both being an elected leader at the university, but also doing the constituency work for uh, for uh, our MP and MPP. So, you know, as a city councillor, as a city councillor, if you're elected, you, uh, you'll you have either no staff or limited staff. So you kind of have to do your own stunts. So uh, I, I guess having the experience actually doing the uh, constituency work on the ground would uh, would would come in helpful. So uh, can, you, can you give us, I don't know if you're knocking on doors or not, but can you give us your... Uh, virtual doorstep pitch why should why should a ward 7 resident vote for you what do you think sets you apart from the other candidates absolutely so you know the one thing i keep hearing about daniel in our community is people want to see diverse voices at the table people want to see more women being elected and that's also another reason why um why i'm running so you know at the doorstep it's been it's been interesting i started right before covid happened um i literally did door-to-door -door canvassing for about 40 straight like eight hours a day and then everything kind of shut down we obviously the the health and safety of our residents is most important we will be going door knocking um shortly just keeping a safe distance wearing our masks 
and such, but uh, we just wanted folks to get their little ones settled into school, whatever that looks like in this time being. And then hopefully in the next week or so, we're, we will be starting um, canvassing. So when I approached the door, and the great thing about me as well is I did a lot of canvassing for Brian Massey in the last federal um, election. And, you know, partisan politics aside, Brian's been there for 18 years and he's got quite the experience and um, the charisma at the doorstep. So I got to learn a lot about what that looks like. And I think people, I mean, masks aside, people love to see your smile first, you introduce your name um, and let them know, um, you know, why you're running. And I think the most important question that I always ask is what do you see that is an issue or what is your vision for the ward? Because it's not really about what's in it for me, but it's in it, what's, it's in it for we. And I know that might sound cheesy, but um, it's not just about Farah's visions for the wards, but it's about the residents that live and work there and are growing there. And they're the issues that they see best, you know, or that need to be resolved as quickly as possible. It's not about Farah's five point game plan or um, what issues are, are matter to me the most, but to the residents. So I always like to start off with a little introduction about who I am, where I'm from, my experiences and always leaving the the open-ended question of you know what do you want to see in your city councillor or what is an issue that's very important to you and your family let's talk about that and then you know adding in the, the campaign pitch after that oh well that's good well uh, you know that segues nicely into uh, into my next question so i guess my next question for you is what do you what do you think the most important issues facing ward seven are but i guess you uh you said you did about four hard days of uh of, of door knocking back before uh before covid really got going so what are, what are you hearing at the doors or what do you think those uh those issues that are most uh, important facing ward seven specifically are so, so yeah, so we heard this during the, um, the four days that we did Canvas and even online in the last few months. Um, and even when I worked back at the credit union. So th these are some of the issues that are still ongoing. Um, and I think what the first issue, there's, there's a number of issues, but the first issue is of course flooding. Um, East Riverside residents and residents in Forest Glade have flooded a number of times since 2016. Um, you know, and I, and I mentioned the example of, of seeing our elderly folks coming into the credit union withdrawing their RRSPs early or uh, any savings that they had at the time just to be able to replenish some of the items that they've lost. Um, and that was really heartbreaking to see because as homeowners, you know, it, that's never fun. You don't really plan for that. Um, so it's very, it's very difficult. Some of these items cannot be uh, replaced. So, um, you know, working with residents through those those times, it was tough, but we were there to help as a financial institution, giving them um, advice or, or kind of working through with them. Um, City Council has passed uh, or has committed to $90 million in 10 years to address our aging sewer systems, climate change and flooding. And I want to ensure that we are actively pursuing funding for Ward 7 residents when it comes to those um, plans and programs and services. So uh, Council has also passed a community energy plan and a climate change adaptation and mitigation plan. These are really good documents, but I want to ensure that they're being actioned, especially for Ward 7 residents. Um, and that brings me into my next point. I think the other issue is our community livability and our investments. Ward 7 is one of the fastest growing wards in Windsor, if not the fastest growing ward in Windsor, and the infrastructure has just not met up with the developments that have been ongoing. 
Um, and with the current state that we're in in the world and in our community, we're going to see people and families stay more um, locally. So, you know, people are not traveling as much as they used to, or they're opting to stay in their homes or in their communities. And this is the best time to be investing in our existing infrastructure. Um, I would love to see a up major update done to the Force Glade Library. I when there, went in there a few times over the past, you know, right before COVID hit. Um, and the library looks you know, looks really sad. And compared to the other libraries that we have in our community now, I think Forest Glade Library deserves a major update. And, and I think so many families would enjoy, um, enjoy those anemones and have their children go there after school or, um, you know, COVID aside. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's a place for people to get together. Same thing with the Forest Glade Arena. Uh, we learned, I just learned this um, from the all candidates debate that there's no Wi-Fi at the arena. Um, and what place in 2020 doesn't have Wi-Fi? And there's a lot of families that go there. So looking at some of these issues to help resolve, um, to make the lives of Ward 7 residents um, the best that they can be and, and to have people enjoy the things that we have in our city. Um, there is the splash pad project that's ongoing. I would love to, you know, make sure we're on top of that, seeing that go through. Um, updating the Blue Heron Bridge, whether it's a new paint job or making it more accessible for residents. Um, during this COVID time myself, I, for mental health, I've been outdoors quite a bit and I'm, I know kind of people watching just to see what, how people are in our community and we see a lot more people out in our community enjoying the luxurious kilometers of trails that we have in our beautiful environment that we have here in Windsor-Essex and I think it's very important to protect that um, and also to offer more things for people to do like as simple as that um, and working with the city and residents to find long-term solutions for Sandpoint Beach. Um, you know this COVID season we saw uh, there wasn't many days that people could enjoy the beach. Um, and to be honest with you, it looks, you know, doesn't look the best. <laughs> and it's actually one of, it's the only beach that we have here in Windsor. So I think it's super important that we're putting money towards updating this beach and to clean it up and to make sure that the water levels are safe for people to, to enjoy. Um, and that's something that's very, very important to me. And lastly, um, we touched on this a little bit, but representation, um, you know, to not have a counselor for 11 months and a lot of residents are lost in terms of if I have a concern that's through the city, who do I talk to? Um, and that, you know, that spot needs to be filled and I'm ready to start on October 6th. Um, I'm super excited. I really hope that Ward 7 residents do give me that opportunity. Um, and connecting with residents is super important and, and that's through continuous communication. I learned through this through my current roles. People don't just want to hear from their elected representatives around election time. People want to hear from them all the time. Um, and that's what I love to do. And that's what I do daily right now is I talk to constituents all the time about issues that matter to them. And, you know, lastly, on this point, I've got a great working relationship with both Member of Parliament Ira Kuzmirachak and MPP Percy Hatfield in the area. And I'd love to start coordinating tri-level government meetings with residents of Ward 7. So a lot of times through constituency work, and I can talk about this forever, but I won't, <laughs> it's, um, it's helping residents. So they come in with an issue and they don't know if it is this a federal issue or provincial or is this through through my municipal government, what do I need to do? And I have the expertise and the knowledge of where to guide our residents. And, but sometimes the issue is all three. So for example, flooding and affordable housing is actually all three levels of government. So I, I have that expertise and I have that knowledge and that commitment to Ward 7 residents come October 6th, hopefully. Well, that's good. You uh, you mentioned uh, Sandpoint Beach. I think you were 
a little bit more diplomatic than what's been in the news of late, where they're just calling it a dump at this point. But uh, but uh, but but certainly, I, I think that there's a, there's a theme there that that could use some work. And you mentioned uh, you mentioned the facilities at Forest Glade and how people are using things around their own homes more because of COVID. I know I've actually you know I I, I live in South Windsor. I don't spend a ton of time in uh, Ward Seven, but I've actually been out there more than ever lately using those uh, using those tennis courts at Forest Glade. They got nine Absolutely. nine tennis courts there. But they could sure use maybe a little bit of a uh, of a repaving, and uh, you know I'm I'm very close to the uh, the beautiful new ones at uh, at Central Park, but they're so perfect that there's always a line for them. So for the them, uh, right? the the benefit out at Forest Glade is you've got nine courts, but the uh, but un unfortunately there's a fair bit of tar filling the cracks on those. So uh, so uh, so so maybe if you're elected, I'll be calling you up and say, Farah, get me these uh, these, these tennis courts repaved. So let, let's turn to the, the city more generally. What do you think are the most, you've talked about Ward 7 and certainly there's issues for Ward 7 or issues for the city, but what do you think are the most important issues facing the city as a whole? Um, number one, for sure, hands down, is affordable housing. Um, housing is a human right. That's no questions asked about that. Um, everybody should have access to a house and to a home. Um, and the fact that 6,000 people are waiting on a wait list for affordable housing in Windsor it's that's terrifying. These are families. These are these there's children. And in Windsor, we have the highest ch um, child poverty rates in Canada. Um, so we're definitely behind on affordable housing and, and having enough stock um, in that. We saw yesterday that there was a $5.5 million investment, both uh, from the federal and provincial levels of government. We welcome this investment. Um, but this is a very small starting point. So the city of Windsor has passed the Housing and Homelessness Master Plan, which has a goal of building 10,000 homes in 10 years. So that means it's 1,000 houses per year. So far, we've got the Meadowbrook Project, which is this iconic project for Windsor. Um, and that's only giving us 145 affordable housing units. Um, so we're already behind quite a bit. There was no... Um, investments done last year. So we are already on track to see this program fail. Um, and that's really sad because this is, you know, this uh, housing helps people fall or not fall through the cracks. Housing um, provides a little bit more stability when it comes to mental health and the opioid crisis. So housing is something for sure I want to champion on city council when elected. Um, everybody should have access to a house. And this is super close to me because as a young professional couple, my husband and I, we've recently had to move in with his parents um, because we simply renting in Windsor is impossible and it's almost impossible to find rental units that are affordable, especially for um, a young professional couple that's just starting and has student loans. Um, so we are, you know, staying put with his parents for now, but we hope to move towards seven once I'm elected. That is something that we are looking into. Um, but housing is a huge thing. And then that brings me into the opioid crisis. So this is a public health crisis. This is not something that is easily discussed. I think, you know, every year we're losing members of our community, our friends, our families, our neighbors due to something that's totally preventable. And I strongly support Windsor Police Services carrying naloxone. That's something that should have happened years ago. Um, and if elected on council, I do want to open up that discussion again and hopefully see that come to light because if we can save one life, then it's totally worth it.
Um, and then lastly, job creation. So we see a lot of young people, um, people that are young as me, or sometimes even younger and a little bit older, end up moving out of the city because they can't find employment. Um, and they've gone to school, they've done all the right things that they need to do, but the employment level is just not there. Um, and we recently just lost 1500 jobs at Chrysler's, which, um, you know, is a devastating loss for our community. Um, so we need to be both working with the provincial and federal levels of government to develop what is called a national auto strategy that helps create jobs in Canada and keep jobs in Canada, specifically in Windsor. And we need strong leadership from all levels of government to protect existing jobs and help create new jobs. During COVID, we've seen our extremely resilient businesses and community partners step up and help create and manufacture PPE and donating that to hospitals or to long-term care homes and so forth. Um, our community is resilient, full of opportunities, and I wanna be there to cheer on and help provide any needed support um, to keep us going and to keep young folks in our community um, because we are the future. And that's you know another reason why I'm running is we need to have a young voice on council that understands the issues that young people face in our community and um, to have that input in. And same thing with being a young woman of color and having those experiences shared on council because when decisions are made um, and other lenses are not looked at, we miss so many great opportunities to make Windsor the best place that it can be. Well, uh, you certainly have identified lots of issues in the ward in the city, some that we're hearing from a lot of candidates, but some, frankly, that we're, uh, that, that are, that we're not hearing uh, as much, but that are certainly identified as issues in the city. Is there, uh, is there anything else that you wish to share with our listeners about you, about your campaign, Any, anything else that, uh, that you want to leave our listeners with? Absolutely. So again, I would love the opportunity to have Ward 7 residents vote for me on October 5th. Um, I'm a person with strong knowledge in public policy. I love our community. I love what Windsor is capable of doing. Windsor gave my parents um, a house and a home and a community 30 years ago, and it'd be my honor and privilege to give back to our community by serving the residents of Ward 7 and the city of Windsor. I've got great relationships with almost all the councillors, um, the mayor, and our elected officials, both federally and provincially. This is super important to be building community uh, relationships together as we need to work together to resolve everyday issues. I am one vote on council, but when you've got your other counselors on board, things do get passed a little bit faster and a little bit easier. Um, I'm 100% accessible. You can reach me through my social media accounts, um, or if you see me, I've been doing a lot of walks and um, just out in the community in Ward 7. So if you see me, please feel free to stop me and ask me any questions. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ready. Come October 6th, I would love to start working, you know, 9 a.m. October 6th, right after Election Day when we collect our signs. But let's get started. I think Ward 7 residents deserve a strong voice, and that's who I am, and I would love the opportunity to work with them. All righty. Well, uh, well, thank you, Farah, for joining us on Windsor's Inside Pulse. It was great to have the opportunity to get to learn a little bit more about you. Um, for our listeners, please remember to subscribe to Windsor's Inside Pulse podcast on your favorite podcast app. We've invited all Ward 7 candidates for an interview. Please remember to like our Facebook page for show updates. Take care and until next time.